You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 77 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, the Destiny community. However we reached your ears, we thank you for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And I'm Jordan. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about all about the Destiny beta and Destiny 2 beta, I should say. And all the fun that we've been having and all the controversies that's been erupting. But before we get into any of that, we want to make sure that you guys are checking out all the other amazing podcasts available here on the Mashos Buttons Network at www.mashosbuttons.com. Get involved with us by sending us feedback to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast or on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash dspolt. We also have our Discord server, which we'll be, we will be including links in the show notes. So make sure that you guys check us out there and communicate with us. We have a lot of fun on that Discord server. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's talk about the TWAB, which the TWAB basically went over everybody's big fears. And there's been a lot of stuff going on in the community. I know, Jordan, you've seen a little bit of it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and heard oh man so destiny 2 beta came out and the demo for better <laughs> as a better term um had a couple issues with it um in terms of how people were feeling with their guardians um grenade recharge rate was a problem uh, the damage that they did seemed to be a little bit of a problem and it just didn't feel like you were able to use your abilities all that much compared to Destiny 1. Um, and they went ahead and said, mentioned a little bit of those concerns right there. So the PvE game tuning has changed. This is from um, Rob. Rob Englund. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that last name. He's the beta design lead for, over at Bungie. Uh, the PvE game tuning has changed pretty, pretty significantly since the beta build was deployed. The nature of a beta of the scale requires that it's based off a build of the game that is now months old. So in many cases, your feedback is helping us validate changes that were previously made based on internal feedback and playtesting. For example, we felt that ammo, especially power ammo, was too scarce in PvE. In addition to retuning the drop rates, we built a system that guarantees power ammo, um, power ammo drops for you, I'm sorry, and your fire team from, from certain enemies, giving power weapons a more reliable and predictable role in your arsenal. Other areas where we made significant tuning changes include grenade effectiveness in PvE, 
boss vitality, and weapon damage against non-player combat. So the big worry that everybody had was all these enemies becoming uh, basically Valisaurix, giant bullet sponges. And to be fair, I I really didn't feel that way with the boss and the strike. Uh, Did did you, uh, Jordan? No, actually, I didn't really have... I, I didn't even think about the damage that I was putting into the boss or any of the enemy combatants for that matter, because I was having a ton of fun and it didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the bullet sponge effect. So maybe they actually tweaked that for the beta, even though they said they didn't. I don't know. The, the only enemies I can think that have a little bit of bullet sponginess and, and it's not full on bullet sponginess were the, the gladiators, the cabals with the sword. Oh yeah. Because I would hit them quite a few times and I'd have to reload then empty the entire magazine. I mean, I, I actually thought that those enemies were, were really, were, were pretty well done. Um, and we'll definitely talk about how we feel about the new enemies that are in the game. Yeah. But I, I can, those are the only ones I can really think that were slightly bullet spongy or that didn't react or I'm not sure. It, it, it's hard to really put my finger on it, but those were the only ones that it, the damage felt a little off. Uh, the actual boss himself, I, I didn't think he was that much of a bullet sponge. Um, no. I thought that if you landed your headshots, you saw him stagger several times. Yeah, I was able to control him pretty well. The gladiators, though, see, the the takeaway there was that I felt that they were supposed to be heavily armored combatants using mm-hmm. using dangerous melee weapons. They felt a little OP if you got close to them, but mm-hmm. I think that was the point. Don't get close to them. Take them out at range. When right. you used certain weapons on them, they took plenty of damage. Um, and I know there were some weapon balance issues. Uh, maybe not issues, but they still have to make a lot of changes to the weapon balance and the damage per weapon type and stuff, even though I sort of felt it was decent uh, mm-hmm. at this stage. But you used the right type of weapon on them, and I was able to take them down fairly easily once I got the hang of playing against them. And remember, these are new enemy types. Right. I definitely think that the grenades felt weak. The grenades, they just didn't feel at all you know, punchy at all. You know, it, it didn't feel like I was controlling the mob. I mean, even when you were throwing, like, for example, the solar grenade, um, they didn't take enough damage, and then they just kind of scattered away from that grenade and... and grouped up somewhere else so it, was, it almost felt underwhelming and con- especially considering how slow the recharge rates were i would have expected they did that they do a little bit more damage but those were the only things that i, I really noticed that were kind of off um that and the grenade launcher grenade launcher was just plain butt cheeks yeah i um i totally agree there <laughs> that's a really good uh, it, way to say it <laughs> it just doesn't make sense like it, there were there were times especially in pvp where I would hit somebody with a grenade launcher, boom, really good damage, instant kill. Then there was times where I was doing more damage with a hand cannon to the body. I was like, what? Yep, inconsistency. I saw that too. Oh, it, was, it was frustrating because I, I really want the grenade launchers to, to be effective. I, I, I think that they're a fun type of weapon. Unlike a rocket launcher where you just fire it and it goes towards an area in a straight line, like a grenade launcher, you're controlling the area like a mid-range in front of you. So... It's a fun type of weapon, and I hope that they tune that 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 power weapon. Um, but yeah, beyond that, the only the other thing I saw was that the, the the heavy ammo in particular needed to be boosted up. But I think that that everything else was pretty much good to go. Uh, especially, I had a lot of fun with those new enemies, the incinerators. They they control. Oh my god, f, f those incinerators! 
Especially when you have an incinerator firing at you. And then you're surrounded by war beasts. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, you don't get anywhere to go. It's nice. But I like the mayhem of it. You love it. I know you love it. Oh, I love the mayhem. Oh, man. I mean, so, you know the the one area in the strike where you're, I call it the trenches. Okay. Um, I forget what it's called, but you're going towards where the, the two teleporters are. Um, and you have to go kill the two um, majors on the left and the right. Okay, so in the middle yes. area, when you first get to that area, like a whole legion of, of Cabal just come in. There's at least 12 of them, which, by the way, they definitely could not have done that on Destiny 1 on the PS3. Those That amount of enemies plus the amount of terrain that was there, that was definitely not something that was Destiny 1. And it the one cool thing was... I'm kind of going jump jumping all around topic. I'm no, sorry. I like this. This is a good part of the strike. So let's keep going. But like, it, like you felt like every single. Pl- it wasn't like in Destiny One where it was just like you go to one area, then you go to a narrow corridor, and it like it feels like feels like they're switching the area to to load into an area. Right. Like this felt like a giant area. Then there's another giant area. There's another giant area. Like it felt like big giant pieces put together. But like when you get to this area. Um, where the trenches are and you're just surrounded by all these enemies and you're dealing with like that's where like i felt really really powerful with the super like the fist of havoc and you take out all 12 of them and you go to the left or the right and then you take out that major like supers really feel great like i i I, when you get to have them but they really (laughs) feel great yeah that area and so I played the strike three or four times this weekend mm-hmm. or this week, I should say. And that area in particular was the one, one of the ones I remember the most from the strike because I ran into that area. You see the two points where you have to take over. I guess you got to actually just kill the majors. And mm-hmm. like I ended up in the middle between them in that spot where all of the cabal end up. And like, I just remember I was like running, trying to figure out what's going on. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded. I'm like, oh my God. Like they mm-hmm. just like all land and like jump around you and they're like they just stare at you, you stare at them, you're like, this is not gonna end well for me. I died. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like that strike. I, I do like the strike. The more I think about it, it worked really well. Um Yeah, but I, I do you want to keep talking about that or do you want to move on to something else? Uh I mean I, I a couple things I wanna talk about with regards to Nessus. Uh, this is the first time that I can act, and I'm not going to count the Taken because the Taken were basically reskins of the enemies. And yes, there were you could have all that different type of enemy is Taken, but this is an actual first area in Destiny where there's three different enemy classes or enemy races, I should say. Like for example, when you right. start off, you start off, and sometimes you'll see all three of them fighting at the same time, like right at the beginning. Where you spawn in, you have the chance of encountering, you know, the the, the fallen, and then if you go down a little bit, there's the, the the vex, and right in the middle are the cabal. Like they're fighting against all three of them, and you're just seeing this whole battle going on. It, it, it was it was actually very interesting to see three different enemy types in one location, and, and this this adds to the variety. I mean those. Can we actually take a take a moment? Because I know we've talked a lot about the, the Cabal. The Fallen look freaking badass. Oh yeah, and there's the, different. The... We, and we're seeing different Fallen. I was yes. I stopped. I had to take a second and start looking at the names above the enemies. I'm like, these are 
different fallen. Like just they look different. They're named different. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you see the the, the first off, the, the they had like the, the what's the, the vandals have the, those hoods on, and then they come out with this with the with the staffs, and they're coming at you. I'm like, what? Yeah, like the, that was unexpected. Oh, oh, it was so much fun. It, it, it's really cool to see. This is what I wanted um, in like Taken King, and and what I wanted in uh, I almost said House of Wolves, but <laughs> Rise of Iron. Where the enemies actually behaved more differently without it just because, yes, when you kill enemies with headshots, yeah, they uh, an effect can come out, but like this is an actual battle change. Like these are they're, they're fighting with staffs, they're they're moving differently, they, they have different weapons, they, they, they're completely new, they, they feel different and refreshed. Like, yes, it's the, it's the same enemy types, but these aren't the same types of enemies. Like they, it feels like a completely new um, group of, of enemies that were then we were, 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 were. I can't speak now. That's fine. Go ahead and start. The- Words are hard. Then what we're used to. Yeah, the AI. It's funny though. The movements and such, they definitely feel more polished with the enemies. But the AI did not necessarily seem super polished. Like something about the AI that the enemies were using for their movements. The way they mm-hmm. like positioned themselves and reacted to you didn't necessarily seem improved to me, and that was a little disappointing. I was hoping for uh, smarter enemies, I guess if you want to use that term, to enemies that maybe a little quicker. The gladiators were pretty quick, but in the end, I was just able to like jump above them and avoid them if I had to. And it's like, I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. It really came to fruition when I was playing the boss of the strike. I was like, the AI was like, oh, for the boss was a little eh. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, overall, I think we have we have good impressions of of the feeling of what Destiny Two is. I always, when I was going into this, I wasn't expecting the great masterpiece of Destiny Two. You know that that this is going to be the absolute best experience. We already knew that this was a beta. Um, I already had a feeling that it was going to be based on a months old um, build of the game. So I, I, I really, I honestly did go into it with zero expectations, just because I wanted to see what they were like, what they're trying. They want us to experience, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, that's that's I, the way everyone. I, I, that's what I try to get everyone to go into it with. Not zero expectations, but reasonable expectations. Don't expect the don't don't expect a little microcosm of the finished game. You're we knew that we were playing a beta. We knew that there were issues. Didn't necessarily know that it was an old build that they had already improved upon, but reasonable expectations nonetheless. With that was how I was urging people to go into this and. Does not seem like everyone took that advice. <laughs> yeah, the community. I I love this community, but man, were they upset? And I I, I honestly think it was due to unrealistic expectations, as you mentioned. Um, I I I just don't know what they really expected, and and I guess it's because they're so used to Destiny One. I mean, let's be let's be fair. We've had this Destiny One game for about three years now. 
Um, and for the longest time, we've had primary, secondary, heavy. And to go from that to making it a switch to primary energy and power is a big change. It changes the way you play. And it forces you to have to coordinate better with your team. Like, okay, I got this. Who's got, you know, rockets? Who's got sword? Who's got this? Who's got that? Because you're, you're probably going to need a gun type or, or a specific gun type um, for specific encounters like raids, maybe even strikes, maybe even the lost sectors. You may have to have, I'm, I'm just speculating, I, I honestly don't know, but you may have to have swords in a specific area of a lost sector because you're going to be surrounded by enemy. And the other two may need to have rocket launchers or grenade launchers or whatever, um, or a sniper to deal with a giant target that's uh, in front of you. So you have one man running um, basically ad control while the others do damage. So okay. it, from that perspective, I, I, I can I can definitely see where people are like, oh, I, I want to be able to use snipers and whatever whenever I want. But I think what Bungie's trying to do here in this game is trying to make it so that you have to work with your team even more. Like this is, they haven't said this out loud in Destiny One, where they where they where they were like, "Oh yeah, you you definitely want to coordinate with your team," and and like this is kind of their way of nudging you and saying, "Hey, you have to work with a team," and it may not be everybody's cup of tea. And me personally, I kind of like it because I've always used, and when I was doing PVE activities. I was always using scout rifles because I wanted to take enemies out out from range, but sometimes I would get surrounded and I would probably want it to have like an auto rifle or whatever. Um, and, and I obviously couldn't now with this type of game, like I, I have more options. I was switching between my weapons. I was using auto rifles when I got surrounded by enemies and switched over to my scout. Oh my God. Speaking of scout, can we take a moment and talk about that scorpion? Oh, yeah, that. OK, I actually have mixed feelings about that because I was getting killed by it in PvP and I switched to it and I, I, I couldn't really see the appeal of it. I think. I don't know, I, I think as much as I love my scouts in Destiny 1, Mida for Life, I didn't really particularly love the scouts. That was the best scout I used. I like it had the faster fire rate. It was full auto, um, but the other scouts are really, they gave us these slower firing scouts that didn't seem to pack the punch that the Destiny 1 slow firing scouts had. Because usually the slow fire rate would balance out with higher impact and a little more damage per hit. The, the, I swear that the scouts that they gave us to start with, other than the Scorpion, they were slow fire rate, but they, they had like a medium damage to them. Like they weren't really packing a punch like i expected in pvp i was i i got rid of them immediately oh, i was i was having so much fun with that scorpion in both pve and pvp oh just it's you, you gotta tap it that sounds dirty but anyway you, you just gotta tap, <laughs> okay. tap the shots and, and and take them take them out from a distance but yeah I, I was having fun with it um and it's also the first vice weapon that we've been able to use and right just the, everything about it just seemed really cool and it felt different because we're so you 
Every single scout rifle in Destiny 1 pretty much reloaded the same way, unless it was an, an exotic, in which case it might have a different animation. Um, but other than that, it, it had the exact same reload. It had almost the same exact sound. Like, this, like, felt like... You know what it reminded me of a little bit? The, um, the, the weapons that you would get from the Archon's Forge, like the Saladin's Vigil. The reason I say that is, oh, right. like... Saladin's Vigil sounds completely different from every other fusion yep. rifle. In the game. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And like when you when you're using the vice, you, like it's a completely different sound. Like and the reload anim animation is completely different. Uh, just just minor things like that are things that I noticed where it felt like, okay, it, maybe it's the same type of weapon, but it's not the same exact weapon. Like I'm feeling weapon differentiation within the same. You know, not not even archetype, but weapon type. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. I I think that's something that they couldn't do in Destiny One. They had to limit mm -hmm. all those little little additions that made certain weapons more unique, or all the weapons unique from each other. Now they can do like a little bit of different animation based on you know the weapon skin and the model. That's cool. Um, yeah, still, I, I guess I'm gonna have to play with the Scorpion more because I like I said, it was my favorite Scout. But I stuck to auto rifles because the skate lock, oh my god, that thing was so OP. And the uh, pulse rifles, um, I can't remember the names of them because they had strange names to me. But like the, the Nurgal, I think, was the... Um, Nurgal was, was one of them. Yeah, that was the one that went into the energy slot. And then there was the one that most people started off with in the kinetic slot, which I definitely can't remember that. It was like the Nightshade, I think. Yes. Yeah. And that thing just uh, called the Baby Maker because yeah. you kill somebody... All of a sudden, you re it basically has feeding frenzy on it. It was you, awesome. You kill somebody. You is it feeding frenzy? Mm -hmm. No, feeding frenzy is a reload one. Um, uh, I can't remember uh, now. It was yeah, yeah, but it felt like when you killed someone, you got faster reload. No, when you kill somebody, you get extra damage. So instead oh, of doing twenty ones to the head, you were doing twenty eights. Crowd control. Yes, crowd control. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That one. Well, well wait. I thought one weapon felt like it had faster reload though. On I think own. that was Nurgle. That was Nurgle. Okay. If I'm not yes, mistaken, I, I'm still... Nurgle had full auto. Yeah. Uh, it had full auto? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're one right. The, it did. One of the two pulses had full auto. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I'm still getting it all mixed up. I haven't taken my <laughs> I haven't really written my notes down. I spent Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday playing for a little over four hours each evening. <laughs> and I just played. And I was playing with other people, so we were talking and stuff, so... I didn't actually write down all like the little details. I remember everything, but not like super, uh, super sharply right now. So I'll probably do that after this weekend because I think I'm going to play just a little bit more. I'm not 100% tired of it, which is surprising. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to play a little bit more. I'm going to play more of that strike just because I want to I want to get more ideas of where they're going with the enemies because mm -hmm. I had a lot of I mean, there, it's a lot of fun to play against these enemies like the, the the they really nailed down the cabal um the different types of cabals that they've had um the the incinerators that the war beasts and and the, the beast. um oh my god yo did you notice that the war beasts like fight among each other sometimes yes it's like random like they're fighting you and all of a sudden you look over and like a bunch of them start attacking each other for a second like a bunch <laughs> of dogs playing i'm like that's sort of cool <laughs> yes, the, I, I did notice that it, 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 you're noticing personality in these enemies, which is outside of, for example, in, uh, in Destiny 1, 
you would occasionally see the the, the fallen like crouch down and kind of look at the landscape or whatever and 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 then they do, they would just stand up and then not really do anything or the or every so often like the cabal uh centurion if he's if there if he doesn't see you and he's not engaged in battle he'll occasionally float in midair and be like whatever and but mm-hmm. beyond that there wasn't much personality and you're seeing a lot more personality um with these enemies I think that's really cool, and and it's a it's a nice touch. It makes them feel more alive. Yeah, yeah, and so one of the t- where was it? Uh, mission. So in the mission, when you enter the room in the enemy command ship for the first time, where that mm. big um, hologram is of the ship, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple enemies in there. I think it was that room. You walk in. There's a guard inside the door. And every time I did that mission, all three times, um, the encounter was slightly different. The enemies reacted a little differently to my movements. Um, so I guess that goes against what I was saying earlier. So this is like the one instance where I thought the AI was more interesting than in D1. Um, the, the guard inside the door actually didn't notice me once because I went to open the door and I backed up for something. And I wasn't visible. And I came in, I could see him. He had looked at the door and then just turned around and was walking away for a second. And I came around and surprised him. And it was like totally like he rea- he didn't react like I was there. Where in D- Destiny 1, like if you open a door and start an encounter, the enemies would like have like a set routine for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then they would sort of react to like your um, location. Yeah, this guy was like, it was almost like he could visibly see that I wasn't there. The AI was reacting to the fact that I wasn't actually visible. And he's like, oh, weird, the door opened. Okay. And he just turned around and was like, oh, I think the door malfunctioned. And then I just came in and blasted his head off. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I've had that happen several times. Uh, the other thing that was really cool was the, the Scions, man. Those freaking... The oh, those sniping scions. <laughs> Dude, they have like Queen's Breaker bows or something. Like, I, they, they when they shoot, it's not just like a, it's like a, you know? I don't know what that weapon is they're using, but it's you called, saw that, right? It's called the most annoying gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can definitely see. Uh, Does it I make more that sense have... that they have those weapons though? Yes. It, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the jackals from Halo. The jackals were relatively weak enemies that that you you, you could kill pretty quickly, um, and they had the shields, and mm-hmm. then they would take you out with the with the lasers. And the way you could kind of do that in in Destiny Two is, I I typically associate the scions with having like the uh, the void shield. So imagine scions with void shields with, okay. with those snipers. Yeah. So yeah, th- those could be a problem in the raid. I, I have a feeling that they're going to be oh, in the raid. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I'm expecting some fun times with with um, sniping scions. Just like I don't know, it's like you see 17 laser lights on you, like you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it doesn't get that bad. But yeah, I agree. This this they were a little annoying. But not to the point where I thought it was uh, detrimental. It was right. like a good annoying. It was like, oh, these enemies could be tough. I, it, it, it didn't feel cheap, but but it, I, I'm glad to see that kind of enemy variety from an enemy type that was typically seen as, you know, 
fodder. Mm-hmm. Like the only time that, that that you even felt any real threats from Scions was when it was a Scion Flayers. So I'm I'm excited to see this this kind of gameplay with with those types of enemies. It's it, it's almost like what they did with Shanks, like Shanks in um in Rise of Iron or before Rise of Iron were seen as a joke. In Rise of Iron, those things were no joke at all. No, there was instances where the shanks were the most dangerous thing. And yes. <laughs> outside of the joke that we used to have about the nightfall shanks, but right. So yeah, I, I think I think we're seeing good progress in Destiny Two, and and I'm excited to see how the game plays with all the the changes that they made. Um, and I definitely like the direction. Um, but we have seen a lot of people in the community voicing their their displeasure with this. And I, I hope that they definitely give Destiny 2 an honest chance. I know I will. Um, there's just, there's only certain things that I, that I came across that really annoyed me in the, in the beta, which was the grenade launcher. And I hope that they fix that up in uh, Destiny 2 because I don't want it to be such a inconsistent weapon. We've talked about it on the show many many times not just me but an old host of ours uh jovan his biggest thing was consistency we want consistency in this game yeah i will echo that i definitely want to see consistency but consistency in the quality Mm -hmm. is what i'm most concerned about consistency in the quality consistency in the feel that's the most important those are the two most important things to base the game on so right. keep the quality high. They've talked about adding more content more frequently, but I don't want junk content. You know, it's quality content. It, uh, it's a franchise like this. It, it, obviously, it's large. It's been able to survive a lot of, you know, weak moments. But, you know, I, I'm getting the feeling that after Destiny 1, Destiny 2, people will have their fingers on the trigger a little quicker and the trigger being maybe like the delete button or the play another game button, you know? Mm. Yeah. I'm starting to get that feeling a little bit, but for me, the beta was good. It showed that they have been listening. They listened. They've implemented changes I think are good for the game overall. And again, they have to work changes based on an overall feel. You know, they can't make everyone happy. It's, it's not going to be possible with such a diverse player base. Yeah. So with that, any final thoughts you want to give about the, um, about PVP or PVE, anything that, that really stood out to you? Uh, so story wise, um, do you want to talk about story after this a little no, bit? No, we can talk about story now. Okay. So just, overall the story that they introduced in the beta the little tidbits they gave you very nice i really liked the integration i liked how they threw in the npc characters inside the story mission that was really cool actually seeing them now essentially they were integrated cutscenes where you were watching the action live which wasn't exactly what i was hoping for you did get to technically fight with zavala but he essentially was like a set piece, you know, that provided orbs. And he also essentially, <laughs> did you notice when you were playing the mission, if you got up to the bubble and you didn't make it in, he's like, get inside my bubble and you're too far away. You're like 
running for it and then the, everything explodes around him and you're just dead i the first time i've had like, that happen to me so many times i was like i, I kept forgetting <laughs> i was like just stay away from him <laughs> yeah i i think what what people were doing was they would go down to where the vaults are at they would fire and then they would hear get back up into my bubble it's like by the time you get there you're gonna get blown up by the missiles so your your bet your best shot is to stay where you're at and just engage the enemies from over there while the the missile volley happens. Yes. So you either stay by Zavala, you you shoot them, or you back up into the bubble. You, you have to you kind of have to do one or the other. Yeah. So. Yep. Exactly. And I was running around like an idiot, so I had to stay away from him. <laughs> right. So I I had that happen so many times, and I felt like. You know what was cool about that area? That was the first area that I can see in in the game or in in Destiny. Okay. That yeah. it felt like you were playing with other people in the world. Because the, the way the way it's set up, the the entire thing just it's it's a it's a loop. The entire Zavaz is going to keep doing that, you know, doing the whole bubble thing, and enemies are just going to keep coming down. Right. So as as one person leaves, they may have gone through the three waves, and then Akora calls them. Another person comes in from the other side and and continues the loop. Okay. Yeah. So you you're seeing a constant loop of of people, you know, coming in at different phases. Right. And and, and it's just going to continuously happen, and, and that's a small thing, and, and it feels repetitive. But to us, but when you're seeing it in game, you're seeing like, oh, you're working with other people to defend the city. Like it feels. Yep dynamic it feels way different like it's a small touch that that really adds you know to the feeling that it's not just you this guardian fighting uh to save the city and the tower or whatever you're, you're it's you and a whole bunch of other guardians working to repel the cabal threat yeah yeah i i that surprised me when i saw the other blueberries there I'm like what what did someone join my fire team what happened <laughs> That, and that's what you're referring to, right? I didn't lose you there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those blueberries were, they were surprising. Um, and thankfully they revived me when I got myself killed. So kudos blueberries. Um, Thank you for saving me when I got blown up. <laughs> yeah. But it was just neat to see like your, all the Vanguard guardians there and like getting to like interact with them even for a brief moment. Um you know, I just like it made this the first that story mission a story. It was a story mission. You know, it actually had it actually had dialogue in it, like and it gave you a sense of what was going on, and it really helped you dive into the moment better. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but uh, what else did you like about the story? Was there anything else that in particular about the first story mission, or maybe the strike story that you enjoyed? Um, well, it, it's tough to really gauge the strike story. Um, and the reason I say that is it introduced that character, um, or it brought in that character that you're probably going to get introduced to before. So I didn't really know the connection between, I call it fake guilty spark and Zavala. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, well, it, it feels, it, it it's like jumping into Game of Thrones. Like, let's say you've never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, and then you jump into episode, the newest episode of, of Game of Thrones. And you're just like, who are these characters? Like, why am I caring? Like, you may know a little bit of, of some of them, 
but then like who's this character why is he saying do this or 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 talking about like where did this come from so it, it felt a little weird that 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 ai i, f- I forget what it's called yeah it's not important um fail safe there we go the fail safe and it was like okay who's fail safe what are they like are they an AI of Nessus, like what's going on here? Like I, I need a little bit more information. So mm. because I didn't have that connection with failsafe or know who failsafe was, like I was just like, okay, I guess we'll find out later on. Yeah. It, it, it felt weird that, that we got that. Um, and yeah. I didn't know what, what, what we were doing exactly in the strike, like why we were going into the strike. So again, it's, it's tough to gauge what the story is of the strike. Like, I think they just gave us a strike to kind of, experience what a strike in destiny 2 is going to be like um as for the actual opening story mission like i felt a lot of connection with that like the characters like fighting with zavala even though that he was completely useless outside of putting a bubble up every so often i would see (laughs) did you see the one video where he's where he's behind cover and his gun just continuously fires yes yeah it's definitely i popped up a a wall in front of him and yeah, he just like he popped out of cover, but he was shooting the wall. And I swear I noticed his bullets hitting the wall I put up and not going through. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. No, his gun was pop. His gun was. I, I, I said that wrong. His gun was actually like on the other side of the wall I put up, but it, it was like mm-hmm. the, the animation made it like he was hitting the wall and he wasn't <laughs> shooting anything and he just kept doing it. I was like, sort of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that they definitely need to fix that up. So, um, yeah, they maybe maybe they will <laughs> because Zavala was completely useless in that mission. But um, yeah, just I like the story of the first mission. I, I got a lot of connection with it. Um, I just it, it, it the only thing that that was weird in the story mission was basically the end when you have to destroy the. Uh, the engine like i think people spent a little bit of time in there just like they kept shooting the things that are rotating and those things that are (laughs) rotating aren't aren't the targets it's the gears underneath yeah he said turbine and yeah when so when i entered it and i actually i was a good boy i didn't actually see gameplay of that section i tried to avoid a lot of that and i know we watched a little bit of the gameplay for a previous episode but I didn't actually see that room. I, I don't know. If, maybe they didn't even show that room in the gameplay videos no, that we've seen. Um, so I was totally blind in there. Didn't know what to do beforehand. Um, I don't know. I thought it was somewhat easy to figure out. I saw that there was the spinny things. And I was like, okay, those probably will kill you if you touch them. And I saw that they had like the little cubby hole or the, the depressions in the floor those areas that you could get into and hide. So I jumped down into those immediately just because I was curious if you could avoid the spinning, um, the spinning cylinders. And then it, it, I, I noticed that um, the turbines were down there. You could see that it was turbines spinning. So I was like, oh, so I shot them and they started doing damage. I was like, that must be it. But I think I got yeah. lucky. I just sort of happened to jump down there first. I, I didn't, I didn't watch any, videos of that i went into that pretty much blind so it was kind of surprising to me uh you know the area where you um so after you fight the the one major on the outside where it's raining Mm -hmm. then you go in like in i I just remember in the gameplay reveal 
that he would jump down um, and then he would go through the door and then that, that'd be the end of the, the, the gameplay reveal. But like there's an entire, th- there's still more to do. Like you still have enemies that are in there and then beyond that is, is the turbine room and then right. you would go to the outside. So I was a little surprised when you first, when he opened that, that first door. He's like the, the shield generator is straight ahead and then you go, you go forward and all of a sudden there's an incinerator right in front of you. Like, oh, Oh shoot! <laughs> and I shot it and blew him up, and he almost killed me. Oh yeah, um, that was that was neat. Now I think, <laughs> amazingly, I'll actually I'll thank the division for this because that was one of my favorite moments at playing in the division, um, shooting the enemies in the division that are dressed. They're basically dressed as firefighters. They have mm-hmm. the tanks on. They're, they have the flamethrower tanks, and. No, the best way to kill those guys was to shoot the tanks, especially if they were around other enemies, because they would blow up and they would do damage to everything else around them. And so I started shooting the tanks of those incinerators, and sure enough, they blew up and they did damage to the enemies around them. I was like, that's pretty cool. Sort of wish I had a sniper when I was doing that most of the time. I didn't get a sniper until I was on my hunter, which was the last character I played. All right. So with that, let's go ahead. And go into our favorite section, which is Messages from the Reef. So Messages from the Reef is our section where we get ideas from you, the community. And this week we have quite a few questions because, hey, we got the beta. So the first one comes from Mr. Connor Rice himself. What are your thoughts on the sounds of the game? In particular, the guns. Hmm. You want me to take this one first? Yeah, you can take it. Okay. Sounds. I thought the sounds were really awesome, actually. And I've I've heard feedback otherwise, uh, particularly with the hand cannons. But I actually thought they sounded okay. Um, I I I I don't know if we necessarily heard more. Like they didn't make the sound HD, you know, versus Destiny One. But mm-hmm. the the guns had impact. You could hear things that you expected to hear. Um, the music was good. Their music is always good. Let's put. Let's just be honest. I really do enjoy the Destiny music. Uh, it really works with the game. Um, um, I can't think of uh, the grenade sounds were actually cool. So the grenades were lackluster. We'll talk about that more uh, in a little bit, probably, but. The the sound of the grenades is cool. Um, I think it was the hunter incendiary grenade when I was using that. I I actually thought that sounded cool because I kept throwing them and I'd watch them. They had like a weird delay, and then it would be like it, it was a very complex sound when they went off. And I thought it sounded very very good. So I liked the sounds. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I personally like this the sounds myself. Uh, like I said, the the vice. Um scorpion scout rifle it, it, it sounded it sounded futuristic almost like a phaser and i i i, I don't know maybe it's maybe it's just me but i i actually enjoy the sounds more than i did in destiny one in terms of sound effects with from the guns um the one thing i did notice too was that the enemies themselves their their grunts are a little bit different and like you know it, it, it this is going to sound weird, but it sounds like they're they're in pain more, like they're screaming more like, ah, 
just <laughs> like weird you, things like that. Like randomly or when you're shooting them? So when you when I killed this one cabal, he just like he screamed out. He didn't do his normal like pig noise. Oh right. Death. It's like it seemed like a, a death grunt mixed with pig noise, I guess. <laughs> Did you notice different but sounds it, from different enemies uh, or variations? I, I noticed slightly different sounds for the the cabal. I, 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 to be honest, I didn't pay too much attention to the to the fallen, so I can't really comment. Um, but I did notice slightly different sounds as well for the vex. Okay, maybe they just modified the original sounds a little bit more. I'll have but to pay it, attention. It sounded like they more. make. It sounded like they make more more noises, just different things, different noises. The one thing sound wise that, that really stood out to me, the music for the boss. Oh man, for for the strike boss. Yeah, I want that. I want that song. <laughs> I, I want it on my on my iPhone so I can listen to it whenever I want. Because that thing. Oh, it sounds so good. It sounds so good. All right, so next question. This is from Rob Van Strucken. If Destiny 2 was a bottle of wine, what would you compare it to? I don't really drink wine, so that's a hard one for me to answer. But Okay, so if Destiny 2 was an alcohol, what would you compare it to? <laughs> if it was an alcohol. Um, what's uh, Johnny Walker Black? It's not quite blue. But it's pretty darn good. I asked for Merlot. <laughs> anyway. Uh, give us insight. This is from Nick Layton. Give us insight on the future of the story. What are your thoughts? Future insight. Oh, my God. This is a tough one. This is really open-ended. Okay. So insight on what they're going to provide more of in D2. Amanda Holiday. They seem to be thrusting her into the forefront of the story more. We saw in the um the video uh for the story premiere, I think it was, they showed her as a as a child. And now you saw her in the in one of the cutscenes. They they had a, a lot of Amanda Holiday actually. I expect there to be more with her. There's probably going to be a story arc that involves her. Um and I think we're going to dive more into non-Guardian stories, essentially. I think that the Guardian story is going to be maybe 50% of it. I think we're going to start to learn more about non-Guardians and how we interact with them. Because we know we're going to be um, hunkering down on a farm. So, again, not a Guardian stronghold. <laughs> um, and, and we're seeing non-Guardians although albeit they're people that have worked with the guardians or are working with the guardians i think we're going to see more of that so i know that's not a huge insight but that's just some of the things i've noticed based on the, the story we've seen and heard i and some of the things we know i think we're going to start to see more non-guardian storylines weaved into the game jumping on the amanda holiday bit maybe it's just me but don't you find it weird slightly when she was like when she's looking at the claw she's like come on big guy do something i don't no? know if i thought it was weird i mean she's looking at the traveler and she knows she's looking at the traveler or, yes. or the actual claw no the traveler big guy she said big guy she meant the traveler i 
I, I could see you like maybe interpreting it a different way because it wasn't she didn't say traveler, but I mean I that's the way I interpreted it was that she's looking at the traveler, things are going to hell, she knows it, things are not going their way. They're doing one last I mean, sending the guardian into the ship, that was a desperate move. One guardian into the command ship. I mean, tactically it makes sense. It's it's very art of war, but you know, um, it wasn't necessarily like a foolproof plan. It was like, hey, we're going to send one of our top guardians in there to see what the fuck happens. Excuse my language. Because um, the reason I bring that up was, imagine Amanda Holiday double-crossing everybody. No, they won't go there. No. She's, <laughs> well, we don't know she's like the whole, go there. She's like a wholesome character right now. It would, that's it would be that's why it would be interesting. It, it would, would be, be uh, but I... I, it would be. I, I, you're you're totally right. That would be a crazy twist, but I don't think they'll go there. Amanda Holiday. Again, I'm not saying that she's gonna be the bad guy. People, I, I, no. I was just like the more I kept looking at that scene, I was just like, it seems weird. But it, I don't know it, why. It, yeah, no, I think she was. She's flying up there. She's looking at the traveler. She says, "Come on, big guy. You know, like do something." Like. In other words, like she was hoping that the traveler would actually do something because it's been sitting dormant for a long time. Mm. He's hoping for the traveler to wake up and help them. Mm. And it it didn't. And if you want to talk about insight to the story, that may have been foreshadowing. Because the traveler didn't do something. So it's either foreshadowing or it's giving us a hint into something they're going to cover in the story. The Traveler has always been... It's, the Traveler is almost like a MacGuffin in Destiny 1. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just there. You don't really know anything about it, necessarily. Um, now, maybe in Destiny 2, we actually start to learn more about the Traveler. We know there's a shard of the Traveler sitting in the... I think it's... I guess it's the European dead zone, right? What, what mm-hmm. do they call it? Yeah. The, that the area. European dead zone. Yep. Yeah. Um, that didn't sound right when I said it first for some reason. Um, so there's got to be more to the traveler that we're going to learn because it seems like they're starting to hint at that. And that part of the story <laughs> mission where she says that I think may have been foreshadowing into the destiny Two story, letting us know, giving us that hint that, Hey, <clears throat> you know, the traveler, he didn't do anything. We may want to figure out why, you know, mm. I said he, but I don't know what it is. So. Right. It. It. All right. So next question comes from Taylor Gumbiner. How about new mechanics you hope to see in this in strikes? How supers are meant to be used more accurately now instead of spawn slash activate, <laughs> and how the subclasses are. I'm kind of trying to put this together as best as I can, and how the subclasses are more structured as of now. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this? I want to gather mine for a sec. So I definitely see strikes becoming more raid like. Um, th- this one, for example, had slight jumping puzzles and and dealing with mobs. It it almost felt like a piece from from Wrath of the Machine. You know what I mean? Where where, where you're kind of surrounded by enemies, dealing with with enemies and collisions. Like it felt a lot. I felt a lot of that, and and that felt really really cool. Um, I hope that there are strikes that involve a like 
a tool or something like for example i, I keep going back to it um the uh, the playstation exclusive strike the, the the restorative mind strike where you're carrying that orb from one piece to the other side and like you, you the other the other two are kind of defending and pushing him along while you're getting the orb to the specific location like i, I want to see more of that and i and i wouldn't be surprised if there is a strike kind of like that it wouldn't even surprise me remember, remember the gameplay videos that we've seen already if one of the, the that tank you have to bring it to the other side to blow up a wall or whatever like oh, that's yeah. the tool of this uh, of the strike like i would like to see a lot of that thanks for reminding me about that <laughs> ah i see what you did there <laughs> oh, um God. so good but yeah, I think the mechanics are going to involve, um, for strikes anyway, are going to involve a lot of uh, either bringing back memories of previous raids or some sort of uh, focus around an object, which kind of is like, like the raid. Like the, every single raid had its own specific item that you had to, um, to use on the boss or, or use to get through a specific area. Like for yeah. example, Vault of Glass had the shield. Um, Crotazen had the sword. Um, Wrath of the Machine had the auras. And then, uh, I'm sorry, King's Fall had the auras. Wrath of the Machine had the Siva bombs. I'm trying to think of what they would do with those. And now I'm like, now I'm like got my brain turning as far as you know, using the environment. Essentially what you're doing is you're using the environment to some degree. Um, I'd be interested to see how they progress that idea in Destiny 2 because, yeah, like you said, we we didn't actually see that yet. So that may be something they're keeping as a surprise. Hopefully a good one. Mm -hmm. All right. So Juan Diaz mentions, after playing the beta, what is your worst fear for September 6th for Destiny 2? Well, we can see he's a little concerned about the game. Um, I think the only thing I'm concerned about is people feeling like they're being left behind. And what I mean by that is this going from six to four in PVP is a big change. And a lot of people were used to, you know, grouping up with six people or five other people play PVP. And now, I mean, for example, yesterday, uh, we got a team together pretty quickly, and all of a sudden, two more people jumped in. I was like, "Oh, you guys are already filled." So I, I, I've, I've had that happen a lot more than I did in Destiny One, where we kind of struggled sometimes to get six people together for a, um, for PvP or even a raid. And now with activities going to more four v four, and we don't know if they're they're going to be doing any four v four PVE activity, but. Uh, with uh, PvP at least going 4v4, I can see uh, people getting upset that they're kind of being left behind. That's the only concern yeah. I have. But yeah. like anything, we have to see it more in action. Yeah. I think the the whole people joining and not being able to make it into the fire team because it's full due to the four-person limitation in PvP. I mean, people are probably looking at parties and seeing four people and they still have Destiny 1 in their mind. They're like, oh, they still have room for two. And then they forget, you know, oh, that's right. It's only four. That happened to me a couple of times where, um, you know, people just forgot that it was only four. 
um, even though they had been playing the game, Destiny 2 uh, beta, that is. Um, it does seem more team-oriented, so being left behind, um, I think will unfortunately happen to a small degree because uh, the solo players, which I I know there's a lot of solo players out there, but I feel that the the people that have played the game consistently, meaning Destiny 1, they're not solo players. The ones that have played it the most, the ones that have played it consistently and regularly are the ones that are playing with friends, joining fire teams, raiding somewhat regularly, um, or have at least done a raid or completed a raid. Um, the solo players, you know, they may still have something to do, um, but if unless they add like 6v6 mode uh, option into PvP and things like that, they may feel a little left behind in uh, some of the PvP action, for sure. All right, and the last one that we're going to touch on is actually from Captain McFly himself. He sent us a lot of questions, but I'm going to choose the one that uh, we haven't really talked about. You only get one. <laughs> What's the weekly ritual going to be like for you? For us personally, is that how I should answer it? I, I, I mean, I guess I'll start because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to really state what it's, it's going to be. But yeah, for me, I think the weekly ritual will be doing lost sectors I, I, I if they're repeatable or whatever uh looking for lost sectors and jumping in patrol doing a couple things on patrol i, I don't know about n enough about nightfall like what kind of buff if we get a buff or what what it, what the nightfall entails of to really make a decision on on that but i think it's going to be mostly me on patrol and then doing raids Okay. Um. So they have lost sectors. What else was it? It was um, flashpoints. Um. There's also the PvP version of flashpoints. Right. Um. There's something. Uh, treasure maps. There's the, the right. We don't know exactly what the treasure maps are going to entail. Um. So I I, I sort of expect my weekly rituals to change throughout the game. As things morph and I like just discover certain things and tire certain activities out. But I sort of feel I'll probably do the same thing. I'm going to do a lot of exploration at the start of the game. Once I unlock patrol areas, um, I'm going to look for the lost sectors, try to figure out what these treasure maps are about and just try to dive into the game um instead of speed running through it i'm not going to be one of the first people to get max level character necessarily unless doing those things helps get you there faster because i really want to experience the game i want to see these differences i expect i expect well they said that they're going to give us larger maps so i expect it's going to be a lot more exploratory and more things to find um and it sounds like they'll probably add little things in once in a while so every couple of weeks or so hopefully we'll find something new in the patrol areas to explore or like a new instance that'll pop start popping up different from what we've seen. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my weekly ritual. It's not necessarily going to be hitting these activities in the director. Like we were doing in destiny one, it's going to be heading out onto patrol and exploring areas that I feel may have something added to them, you know, new each week. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that, 
This stage of In Orbit is complete. So, why don't you go ahead and close this bad boy out? Alrighty. So, we thank you for listening to In Orbit. Sorry, that was me stalling because I couldn't get the show notes up quick enough. So, again, we thank you for listening to In Orbit. We are available on a ton of platforms, so make sure you are spreading the word. The best way to do so is share In Orbit with others. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player FM, Pocket Cast, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. And make sure to check out all the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash inorbit podcast, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash IamTbot, spelled I-A-M-T-E-E-B-O-T. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, Go2NRG. That's G-O, the number 2NRG. And I'm on Twitter a lot at InOrbitPodcast. Make sure that you contact us with any questions to InOrbitPodcast at gmail.com. Or as I mentioned, send us a tweet at InOrbitPodcast on Twitter. And we will also be including in the show notes our link for our Discord server. Join us over there. We have a lot of fun over there, um, and we want to see that community grow. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.